You're listening to Western Sydney Health Check, a podcast talking all things health, providing current and accurate healthcare information for the community and our staff. I'm Sia. And I'm Harrison. And we'll be taking you through this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Western Sydney Health Check. Today, we've got a very interesting topic being discussed. In the podcast booth, we have Associate Professor Cameron Webb, foremost expert on mozzies. He's based at Westmead Hospital and works under the New South Wales Pathology Umbrella. Hello, how are you? Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Now, um, Professor Webb is involved in extensive research on mozzies. He's also appeared on TV and radio and has become quite the personality in this space. Um, so we're very excited to have him on the show. He's also been affectionately called the Mosquito Man do you like that nickname? <laughs> it's, it's all right, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it. It sounds a bit like a, a superhero. <laughs> so um, the the mozzie season is is now upon us. So we thought it'd be a great opportunity to have a chat um, and just find out about what we need to know um, about mozzies. And in general, it's just an interesting topic, I think. Um, so we're going to go straight to um, the most hard hitting question and the topic that's on everybody's lips at the moment. And it's COVID. So we're going to ask you straight up, can you catch COVID from a mozzie bite? No, you can't. That's the good news, isn't it? So mosquitoes are really good at transmitting the pathogens that make us sick. So things like mosquito-borne viruses or parasites that cause things like malaria. But even though mozzies are really good at transmitting some of those special viruses, they're not much good at transmitting other pathogens that make us sick. So they're not really good at transmitting HIV or influenza, for instance. And coronavirus is exactly the same. So basically, if a mosquito bites someone who's infected with COVID-19, the virus doesn't survive in the mosquito and the mosquito can't pass it on. So you said there are other viruses that they can transmit? Yeah, mosquitoes are really great at transmitting certain viruses, mm. but they're viruses that have evolved to exploit that blood-feeding, human-biting behaviour of mosquitoes. So people have probably heard of viruses like dengue or yellow fever, or here in Australia, particularly Ross River virus. Mozzies are really great at transmitting those pathogens, but not those other pathogens that can make us sick. Okay, well, that's good to know. We've got that important COVID question out of the way. But now we want to hear about you. Um, mozzies is quite a, it's quite a niche and unique topic to be interested in. And we want to know what um, triggered your interest in mozzies. Yeah, I fell into this field quite by accident. I'm really kind of um, had a background as an ecologist or an environmental scientist. And I started my PhD around the Sydney Olympic Park site in the lead up to the 2000 Olympics, trying to work out ways that we could redevelop the site build wetlands for the frogs and fish and birds, but not create opportunities for mosquitoes. And that work's continued. Um, I really like kind of working at that interface between environmental health, human health, and bringing that kind of scientific perspective on how you can practically manage these types of environments. So you're based at Westmead Hospital. Can you explain to me why somebody with your skills needs to be based in a hospital? So I'm in the Department of Medical Entomology. We're based up in New South Wales Health Pathology uh, facilities there. And really it's because of the health risks that are posed to the community, not just by mosquitoes, but also other biting insects and arthropods. So things like fleas and ticks and bed bugs and head lice and things like that. There's lots of insects and arthropods that you would find in your home, in the environment that can either annoy you or make you sick. Uh, mosquitoes are the most common one, of course, and the one that I work with. But it's a good reason why we've got this expertise in the hospital to provide that advice to local, state and federal health authorities. 
Wow, that's brilliant. So now for our Western Sydney listeners, what do they need to know about the mozzie season? Do we have a higher than normal um, concentration of mozzies in our patch? So we've got about 60 different type of mosquito that's found right across the greater Sydney region. And most of those are found in Western Sydney. Now, what mosquitoes are active and how much of a problem they cause really depends on what the weather is like each summer. So the more rain we get, it fills up those puddles and wetlands or the buckets of water in our backyard, that creates great opportunities for mosquitoes. So we're heading into a La Nina year. We're expecting it to be uh, a bit wetter than what it was has been previous summers. That's probably a great opportunity for mosquitoes. So now's a great time to get out into the backyard, tip out all those water holding containers and get prepared for summer and, and trying to prevent those mosquito bites. So for those who might not know, why do mozzies like water? So mosquitoes have a really complicated life cycle. We're familiar with the mozzies that are buzzing around and biting us as they're flying about, but the mosquitoes like to lay their eggs in or around water. So whether it's a puddle or a wetland or a bucket of water, and when those eggs hatch, little tiny immature stages of the mosquitoes, we commonly call them wrigglers, and they live in the water for a week or so during summer before they emerge as adults. And so mosquitoes can't complete the development in damp soil or in the leaves of trees. They need that standing water. So as much water as you have around your backyard, the more likely it is that you've got mosquitoes causing a problem. So is there a health risk for things like pools and dog water bowls? Do they need to be changed regularly? Is there a risk if they ingest those eggs? So a swimming pool is, uh, as long as you keep it clean and chlorinated, it won't be a source of mosquitoes. But other sources around the home will be a problem as well. So if you've got a rainwater tank, make sure it's properly screened so it doesn't create an opportunity for mosquitoes. Clean out your gutters and drains. But most importantly of all, it's all of those small water holding containers in the backyard. So for things like your bird bath or your uh, pet's water bowl, tip them out or flush them out once a week and they're far less likely to be producing mosquitoes. That's a good tip. I have rainwater tank tanks. So I might need to talk to you a bit more after the show. <laughs> um, now, uh, are there any other diseases or health risks asso- associated with mozzies that you'd like our listeners to be aware of or any tips to um, prevent a pesky bite? Yeah, so even the bites alone from mosquitoes are enough to disrupt our time outdoors. And certainly if mosquitoes are very um, abundant, uh, it can really impact our enjoyment of, of working or, or enjoying outdoor spaces, particularly during summer. So, but it's also important to remember that mosquitoes can transmit these viruses that make us sick. And so in Sydney, we do see activity of Ross River virus every year, at the, particularly the outskirts of the metropolitan region, and that includes parts of Western Sydney. And so that virus, it can make you really sick. You can get a severely debilitating illness. People don't die from it, but you can get fever, rash, joint pains, incredible fatigue, and joint pain can be really debilitating. So it's really important to avoid mosquito bites. They're not just a nuisance, they're a health risk. Mm. And so in Western Sydney, as you're getting ready for the summer ahead, uh, stocking up with some insect repellent from the local supermarket or pharmacy is a really great idea. Choose a product from those places because they're all typically registered by the Australians, Australian Pesticides and Veterinary Medicines Authority. So try to avoid those homemade concoctions that you see recipes for on social media or you're buying from the local kind of um, uh, uh, sort of market or something like that. Go for those commercial products. And again, reduce opportunities for mosquitoes around the home. And certainly if you're planning to spend that time outdoors, particularly exercising in the afternoon when mosquitoes are most active, pop on those repellents and try to minimize the amount of bites that you get. 
And um, I'm not sure if this is your field or not, but um, is there a reason why some people tend to get those really big and swollen mozzies and others sort of don't react that way? Yeah, of course. So we know that some people are bitten by mosquitoes more than others. So when a mosquito is trying to find someone to bite, she can sense the carbon dioxide you breathe out, the temperature of your skin, the smell of your skin, all the chemicals that are produced from your sweat and your bacteria. That'll Some of them will attract mosquitoes, but some of them will repel mosquitoes. But for those people who are bitten by mosquitoes, what happens is that the female mosquito lands on your skin. It's only the females that bite because she needs that protein hit in the blood to develop her eggs. But when she starts feeding, she'll inject her needle-like proboscis and she'll basically deliver a big mouthful of saliva into your skin. That's a bit of an anesthetic, a bit of an anticoagulant. It gets the blood flowing a bit easier. But the problem is we all react to that mozzie spit in a different kind of a way. And so sometimes that can result in a big itchy red lump. So I think about the ways that we all react differently to other food and chemical and environmental allergens. It's the same with mozzie spit. And so some people will have a big itchy red lump and others won't. And we particularly see it in young children. And so over time, their reaction generally will decline. But if you are a sensitive person that reacts badly, a nice cold pack or compress will reduce some of that inflammation. Some of the anti-itch creams you get from the pharmacy are good. And if you really have a lot of problem, talk to your doctor or your pharmacist about antihistamines or something like that that can reduce the severity of the mosquito bite reactions. Have you ever heard of a mosquito bite ending up in an emergency department presentation? Sometimes you hear about people getting a really incredibly severe reaction. Uh, it's incredibly rare, but it sometimes happens. And you hear about people who are bitten on the eyelid and things like that, where you do get mm. uh, a lot of localized swelling. But thankfully, the reactions to mosquito bites alone are pretty um, pretty minimal. Uh, it's much more about those mosquito-borne pathogens that we want to avoid uh, people contracting more than the, the bites themselves. Absolutely. Okay, so um, we thought what we would do is do a bit of a, a myth buster um, with you and um, there's a, a few little um, facts that float around the internet and we, we came across them and thought we'd ask the expert whether they're true or not. So we'll play a bit of a true or false, false game. Um, so the first one, I think there was a bit of a hint in our chat earlier on. Um, the first one is only female mozzies bite. That's exactly true. And so, as I said, the mosquito, the female mosquitoes need that extra energy hit in the blood to develop their eggs. Um, the male and the female mosquitoes can live quite happily on plant juices and sugars. We've got colonies of mosquitoes here at Westmead that we maintain with a bit of sugar water. If we're feeling generous, we might give them a sultana or a piece of apple or something like that. But without a, um, access to blood, they won't um, lay eggs. Wow. So we have colonies on site. Why is that? So we have colonies to do research on the ability of mosquitoes to transmit pathogens or learn a little bit more about their biology, which would then help us understand how we can manage mosquito populations in the local wetlands as well. And um, is there a particular breakthrough that's memorable for you in that research? I think we've, we've had a number of different kind of outcomes from our research, both in understanding the capacity of certain mosquitoes to transmit things like Ross River virus, but also looking at the biology of mosquitoes. And so probably one of the most interesting research outcomes recently was I had a PhD student through the University of Sydney. And what she found was that mosquitoes can detect the smell of fish in the water and avoid laying eggs, even if the fish aren't swimming around in the water themselves. And so understanding that mosquitoes can pick up on these chemical cues in water produced by predators might give us some clues as to how we might be able to make more ecologically sustainable mosquito control agents into the future. Wow, that's fascinating. I'm derailing from the myth, myths, but I wanted to ask, are we the mosquito-like country of the world? Are we up there or...? 
So we've got an incredibly diverse range of mosquitoes in Australia. There's more than 300, but there's 3,000 species right around the planet. And Every country probably claims that their mosquitoes are the worst, um, except Iceland. Iceland apparently has no mosquitoes, but um, almost every country probably thinks they have the worst mosquitoes in the world. Certainly, we're lucky that some of the pathogens of really human health concerns are things like malaria, dengue, yellow fever, Japanese encephalitis virus. We're generally free of those in Australia. So those tropical countries, particularly those across the Pacific, Southeast Asia and South America are really suffering a much more, a, a much greater burden of disease than what we would hear. Okay. All right. We'll get back to the um, the myths. Um, the next one is mozzies are attracted to sweeter blood, which is why some people get mozzies more than others. Look, I think that's that's probably a little bit untrue. I, I think that's what we say to people who are bitten by mosquitoes to make them feel a little bit better, to say, oh, it must be because of your sweet blood. We know the mozzies bite for the blood, but they're probably rea- reacting to the smell of your skin more than the actual blood type as such. And so it's probably more accurate to say they smell a bit more like a cow or a kangaroo, and that's why they're bitten more by mosquitoes. Well, there you go. I haven't heard that one before. Um, now, uh, the other fact we found, well, we don't know whether this fact is true. We're hoping you can confirm whether mozzies have been around since the Jurassic period. Yeah, they certainly have been around for a really long time. So we know that because there are actually fossils of mosquitoes that um, sort of archaeologists have found and work with entomologists to identify. And it's really fascinating to think that those mosquitoes that were buzzing around at the time of the dinosaurs actually look pretty similar to the types of mosquitoes we have uh, buzzing around now. So I like to think that mosquitoes, you know, they've been around for a long, long time, much longer than us. Us, they're probably going to be around after we've gone as well. Um, but it just shows how adaptive they are to the environment and how um, resilient they are. They've sort of lasted so long. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, how we prevent mozzies. Is it true that what you eat and drink could prevent getting a bite? Unfortunately, it's not. So it's one of the biggest myths that there are things that you can eat or drink that will stop mosquitoes biting you. And a whole range of food, everything from Vegemite and bananas and taking vitamin B is sort of promoted as a way to stop mosquitoes biting you. But unfortunately, there's absolutely no evidence that that actually works. Um, If it did work, we probably would have our shelves in the supermarket full of mosquito repellent pills to take, and that's not the case. If you want to prevent mosquito bites, there's a few things that you can do. The first thing is try to minimize the amount of time you're outdoors during dawn and dusk and during the evening. That's when mosquitoes are most active. It's when you're most likely to get bitten. If you are outdoors during those times, wear some long sleeve um, shirt, long pants, loose fitting clothing, a tight active wear is something the mosquitoes probably will be able to bite through. Um, but it's, if it's hot and you want to be cooled down, I mean, shorts and a T-shirt is what we mostly refer, we're mostly wearing outside. So in that on that exposed areas of skin, we should be using an insect repellent. And you can get insect repellents that are safe and effective to use from your local supermarket or pharmacy. Choose a product that contains either diethyltolumide, picaridin, or oil of lemon eucalyptus. You don't have to remember those words. That's the most common products that are in these commercial formulations. And it doesn't matter if you use a spray or a roll-on or a pump pack. The most important thing is to make sure you get a nice, even coat over all exposed areas of skin. That will provide the longest-lasting protection from mosquito bites. How often do you need to apply it? So generally speaking, you should only have to apply it when mosquitoes are biting. So for the most part, even the most mildest formulations will last for a couple of hours. But the reality is, is that if you're sweating off because of exercise or you're swimming or some things like that, it's always a good idea to reapply it when you get out of the pool or after you've finished your exercise. Some great tips there. Last fact check for you. Mozzies are attracted to people by their breath. 
Yeah, that's exactly true, or at least that's a really important part of it because mosquitoes react to the carbon dioxide we breathe out. And if you think about it, carbon dioxide and, and its exhalation is a common threat amongst all warm-blooded animals. And so that's a really great trick mosquitoes can use to try to find a warm-blooded animal to bite. And we actually use that idea, this principle, in our mosquito traps. And so the traps we use to monitor mosquito populations around Sydney, we actually use carbon dioxide to trick the mosquitoes into thinking the trap is a person or a cow or a kangaroo. Uh, we use um, carbon dioxide in the form of dry ice. Uh, but for the mosquitoes, they can't tell the difference. And so it's a really trick, a really nice trick to uh, get the mosquitoes into our traps. Wow, I wasn't expecting that one. All right, Mosquito Man, you definitely delivered. That was a very interesting discussion. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience about the upcoming Mozzie season? So there's obviously going to be mosquitoes about in the summer months, and we all are going to be trying to spend more time outdoors exercising, particularly because of the um, COVID restrictions. We want to exercise and spend time outdoors, but take those measures to avoid mosquito bites. And so some of the things we've talked about already, wearing repellent, covering up, is really important to reduce the nuisance and pest risks associated with mosquitoes. Keep an eye on some of the news that's coming out from the local health district and New South Wales Health. They'll always share information about uh, current conditions in relation to mosquitoes and certainly the, the detection of any mosquito-borne pathogens in local mosquitoes. And you can always keep an eye on my activity on social media. So you can follow me on Twitter, I'm at mozzybites, um, and I'll always be providing some insights into what I'm doing over summer, collecting mosquitoes and sharing some tips and tricks on how you can avoid mosquito bites too. I definitely follow follow you and find your content very interesting. I recommend everybody gives you a follow. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much. Um, in our show notes, we'll be able to link to some more information and uh, a bit more detail. So we'll definitely do that. But we really appreciate your time on the show. Um, I never thought mozzies could be so interesting. So thank you very much. That's great. Thanks for the invitation. It's really been fun talking about mozzies. No worries. Thanks for listening to Western Sydney Health Check. This podcast is produced by Western Sydney Local Health District. For the latest news, visit us at thepulse.org.au.